Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan recently tweeted out about the federal government working with disinformation, quote unquote, experts at universities, big tech and others working together through a group called the Election Integrity Partnership to monitor and censor American speech. We're going to talk to a man who was on that list. My friend Dave Rubin, of course, you know him from the Rubin Report. He's also a New York Times bestselling author, but he was on that list. So we'll talk to him about how that feels to be censored by his own government. You know, obviously they thought he was a threat. So we'll talk to this very dangerous man. We'll also talk to him about another disappointing election cycle. Why do we keep losing? What's the path forward? Is there a path forward? We're also going to talk to him about the pro-Hamas sentiment that we're seeing across the country. What does that mean for America that there are so many people here in the United States that are cheering on Hamas. So we'll get his take on all these important issues, all of that and more with my friend Dave Rubin. Stay with us. Well, Dave Rubin, it's great to have you on the show. And I just found out that you're a very dangerous man. So well, I'm very scary, Lisa. <laughs> well, and I'm particularly scary in the morning when we're taping this because I don't know if my coffee's kicked in. So let's do it. <laughs> well, the, the government uh, apparently thinks you're you're very scary. Uh, so Jim Jim Jordan, you know, tweeted out and, and and you know announced that officials of the Department of Homeland Security assisted in this creation of a disinformation group uh, at Stanford University, and you know, so called disinformation experts to censor the speech of Americans prior to the 2020 election, and you were one of those people listed that was censored i mean that's actually like you know we can joke about it obviously right. you're you're a funny guy and you, you you know you're smart but you also have levity which is great for today when everything's so depressing but i mean the government targeted you and you're an american citizen so so that's not great yeah not great, <laughs> well you know it's funny the way you preface that because when i saw the twitter thread it was like 10 p.m at night when i happened to open up twitter and see the initial tweet because he put out a thread of about 10 tweets and, you know, it was a lot of capitals or whatever. 
and he's talking about you know censorship and government or whatever. And then I see that it's a thread. And before I click the thread, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be on this thing, aren't I? So it was not surprising to me at all. Uh, as you know, I had, a, I had, you know, I've been suspended a couple of times over the years from Twitter. But the big one, and I, which now strikes me as probably fairly obvious, is that the government had something to do with it, was back in July of 21, which was only a month after Joe Biden said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get nor transmit COVID. I said that the vaccines were not working as promised. I said they are prepping us for booster shots, which they were about to do that fall, and that uh, vaccine mandates were coming, which obviously came that fall as well. And I was suspended on Twitter for that. Um, now it seems pretty clear that that probably had a little something to do with the government, which of course then is a direct assault on my free speech rights, my First Amendment rights. The question really is, and I actually, uh, on my show today, I have Harmeet Dillon, who uh, I'm sure you know, she's an incredible First Amendment lawyer. She ran against Ronna McDonald to be the RNC chair, didn't work out for her. And the Republicans are kind of paying the price right now. But the, the question is, if the, if the government does step on your free speech rights, if they stop you from being able to speak or being able to communicate your legal ideas, then what is your recourse? And unfortunately, Lisa, I don't think you get much recourse. I think, uh, you know, it's not like they're going to hand me a bucket of cash and be like, sorry about that, Dave. I don't even think you get like a mid-level bureaucrat to show up at your house with some flowers and an apology note. I'm pretty sure you just get nothing. I do like flowers, but, um, you know, (laughs) flowers would be nice, uh, you know. Yeah, it's this this disinformation experts at universities, big tech and others worked through this group called the Election Integrity Partnership, which is obviously ironically named because there's no integrity in, in censoring, you know, Americans. It's also crazy just to look back at, you know, COVID when you're, you're talking about the, the vaccine and, and just living through that part of life. And, and I, I worry, you know, obviously as conservatives, we care about what Jim Jordan is putting out about this. But I, I think the problem is, like, do Democrats do independence? And, and even during COVID, I mean, nearly half of Democrats wanted to put people like us who are unvaccinated in camps. And so I, I just worry that, you know, we're heading down this road and maybe we are already there where, you know, there are enough Democrats that want to put us away for or, or viewpoints or, you know, support the censorship of her speech just because they don't like us. And and what does that mean for the future? You know, it's a, it's a really great point that people need to understand a little bit more because it's not just that a certain set of people don't care about these things. That that's That's one good point that you're making. But the secondary point that goes with that is if the people that do care, say you, me, all the people listening to this right now, If we don't elect people who will ultimately solve some of these problems, meaning bring a reckoning to the CDC and the NIH and find out what's happening, you know, with big tech and government, not just not just expose things, but actually like people need to be fired. Heads need to roll. uh, Departments need to be completely blown apart and rebuilt or, or just disappear altogether. If we don't do any of that, as Ron DeSantis calls a reckoning for all of the things that happen related to COVID, then of course these things are gonna happen again. It may not be COVID, maybe it's COVID two or COVID seven, but it might be climate lockdowns or it might be some confusion over World War III or or whatever they have in the bag that comes next. If we don't deal with these things appropriately, then of course we're just setting ourselves up for them to happen again. And yes, as you said, a certain set of people just simply will not care. I mean, CNN, 
uh, is not going to be running the story today that Jim Jordan just exposed a massive assault on private citizens' free speech, right? That is not going to be on CNN.com. Jake Tapper is not going to talk about it. It might get a mention on Fox. Um, but generally speaking, that is it's more fodder for the online people uh, than it is for the mainstream people, which is also a tension that you know that we have right now. That's a, that's a growing problem, I would say. Quick commercial break. More with Dave Rubin on the other side. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores, the stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Then we can't seem to win is the problem. You know, there there are all these issues going on in the country, you know, censorship. Uh, I mean, basically, like, name the issue and it's bad, right? <laughs> like the border. Right, we don't have like a great amount of stuff that's working out well right now. The, the yeah, good- like world. Kind of yeah, story. it's like I, I can't point to one area that is going well in the country objectively, yet we can't seem to win. I mean, we had another off-year election cycle that was disappointing. The midterms were disappointing. The 2020 election was disappointing. We can't seem to win. And and, and you look at what happened during the off-year election. We failed to take out Democrat Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear. Democrats won full control of the Virginia state legislature. O- Ohio voters approved an abortion ballot measure we are outfunded everywhere and it's just like what the hell man like what needs to go wrong for people to vote republican or are we just that toxic like what i i don't know yeah well first off i like the idea for a title for a lisa booth book what the hell man like that just feels right for the next lisa booth book dave that'll be like hillary clinton's you know what happened book i just it'll be like (laughs) (laughs) you know the list is long my friend i will gladly write the forward for that one um (laughs) 
Well, look, you're you're making a great point related to the branding problem that Republicans have. I mean, if you just look at what's happening in the world right now, between our border and the economy and, you know, what seems to be like careening towards World War III and, you know, the, the, the Hamas riots on the streets and, you know, uh, twice in the last two weeks, I mean, a, a woman who was the president of a synagogue in Detroit was killed in broad daylight. Then two days ago in Los Angeles, uh, a, a man, Jewish man, was killed by uh, one of these, you know, quote unquote, pro-Palestine supporters. Like, there's so many bad things happening as you're laying out that that all seem to fit within the Democrat narrative, right? Like, it's it's the Democrats that are in charge of the border right now. It's the Democrats and the left that have brought us identity politics. It's the Democrat administration that gave $6 billion to Iran. And then, you know, basically immediately after we get this horrific attack in Israel, which seems to now be widening across the Middle East. There's so many things that we could point to and be like, man, you Democrats have screwed up everything. But for some reason, the Republican brand is so incredibly toxic that even in a place like Virginia, which elected Glenn Youngkin, did the right thing, they cared about parental rights, they just lost the House. I mean, it's it's so insane. And what I would say is that, you know, maybe for those of us that uh, that want to win elections, we have to convince regular Republicans that there are ways to win elections, but it isn't just, you know, going all in all the time on all the Trump related stuff. I don't blame Trump for this, but like there is a blueprint on how Republicans can win elections and it's the Florida blueprint, right? If, if, Everyone knows that Ron DeSantis, you know, he won his first election by like 20 or 30,000 votes, almost nothing, basically less than a percent. He won his reelection by what was it, 1.6 million votes, 20 percent. The a million new people in Florida are incredibly strong economy, all, all of the stuff that you and your listeners know. So it's like there it's not that there isn't a blueprint for it, uh, but you need more people, I would say, like Ron DeSantis, you need more candidates like that. Putting aside whatever we all think about the president presidential election, at the state level, you need more leaders who are win willing to lead. And we don't have great people, and we don't have great communicators, and they are more well-funded. And Lisa, the other secret part of this is that they are more hysterical about politics. That is something that you know conservative-leaning people will always be fighting against. We, we have jobs, we have lives, we have families. We are not consumed by the minutia of the day the way they are. We're, you know, they're fighting basically like a, a religious war, and we're basically saying, hey, just leave us alone. And the asymmetry of that over time kind of gets us to where we're at right now. Then, you know, of course, the response to that is, you know, and as someone who moved down here because Governor DeSantis did such a good job and, and kept the state free, you know, I left communist New York to come here. But then the response to that would be like, well, he's not winning a primary. Yep. You know, I mean, he's down really significantly against Trump. So it's like that's not winning right now, that message. Well, look, I mean, we haven't we haven't, as we discussed last night, we haven't had a primary yet. And, you know, the first primary, of course, is Iowa. And Kim Reynolds, who's super popular there, just went all in with him, which if the media was honest about anything, they, that would be like the lead story right now, Middle East stuff notwithstanding. The idea that if we were to believe the polls and Trump is up by 50 points, then the, the governor of Iowa, like, is she on a suicide mission by backing this guy? Or is it possible that the polls are not telling us exactly what's on the ground and something different may be happening? But but that aside, uh, your, your point is a good one, which is like, can you nationalize 
a movement or does this just have to be like a state by state thing? I, I think it has to be a state by state thing. That's why the Virginia thing is so disappointing because Florida, we've taken Florida completely in the right direction that, you know, we have a super majority, everything's functioning here. There's, there's really no Democrat party anymore in Florida. The Democrats kind of vote with the Republicans just so that they have a, a chance to hang around. It seemed like Virginia might start going in that direction and then it completely reversed last night. So I can't tell you that there's like a ton of hope at the state level, but there there are these little glimmers of hope. And then I, as I suspect, you know, people will just keep doing what you did, move into places that are more in line with their values. It's what I did. It's what our friend Carol Markowitz did and, and many, many other people. Yeah. And, you know, Yunkin's not a Trump guy and, you know, couldn't pull it off in, in Virginia. So it, it's just it's really collectively disappointing about, you know, what is the answer? How do we save the country? But, you know, I want one thing that really worries me is just, you know, young people these days. And, you know, we're, we're seeing young people become a more influential voting block. And we know that even on a really important issue I know to you and, and to the country right now, a lot of this anti-Semitism that we're seeing around the country and particularly on college campuses. I mean, we, we know that TikTok right now is boosting pro-Palestinian content, pro-terrorist content, uh, has consistently gone viral on there, you know, substantially is outnumbering pro-Israel content. I mean, if you're the Chinese Communist Party, would you be doing anything different right now? I mean, exactly. we know that TikTok's a Chinese spy app. So I, I wonder how much of the demise of our country is honestly being driven by China and just influencing the young here. Yeah, I think that is totally right. Uh, I tweeted out a video this morning and I said something to that effect about how TikTok is just breaking the brains of young people. They have algorithmically fueled all of the bad ideas. And of course, you know, on the Chinese version of TikTok in China, they have kids learning math and science and physics and all of the important stuff. And then in our TikTok, you hand a kid, a five-year-old kid TikTok, you think they're watching, you know, Barney videos or whatever kids are watching these days. And next thing you know, they're they're seeing Hamas videos, literally five-year-olds. I mean, it's absolutely psychotic. It's it's connected deeply to, you know, decades of Marxist teaching in, in all of our schools and the slow march through the institutions, as they call it. Uh, but Yes, China has decided that they would like to lead the world. And if you would like to lead the world, you got to take out the guy who is the current world leader, and that is the United States. And maybe you do that not through uh, a military confrontation. You do it through just brainwashing masses uh, so that they are out protesting on the streets for things that are completely counter to American values. And, you know, by the way, when when they're done with Israel, whatever that means, you know, if they were able to actually wipe Israel off the map or anything else, you think that these protesters would stop the people that are in London, because uh, they're obviously going after all Western nations, not just the United States, but the people in Paris, the people in Brussels and in Amsterdam. No, then they will suddenly be like, oh, now we can set our sights on the real goal, which is unending all uh, upending all of these Western civilizations. Quick break. Stay with us. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, and I've said this to you and, you know, to our Jewish friends, because you're, you're, you're Jewish, you know, I, I didn't realize that anti-Semitism was so prevalent in the country and just around the world. And, and even looking at, you know, a Jewish man was murdered with a megaphone by a pro-Hamas protester, now a pro-Hamas, you know, I mean, murderer, right? Because he murdered the guy. Yeah. And, and, and it was ruled a homicide by the police department. And NBC's original headline read, man dies after hitting head during Israel and Palestinian rallies in California, officials say, no, I'm sorry. Officials said it was a homicide because the guy hit him with the megaphone. He didn't just hit his head. He was murdered. Yet that's how the media decided to cover it. So it's not just TikTok. It's like or news organizations. I mean, that is just a disgusting way to talk about a homicide, right? An anti-Semitism. Of course, you know, and this is deeply connected to why so many things feel so wildly out of control right now, because the, the basic answer to, to that is that, you know, Jews who are a minority, who have been pogromed and holocausted and kicked out of countries and everything else, uh, have wildly figured out a way, almost almost crazily figured out a way to still thrive wherever they go. So that's that's the story of the Jews. That's the story of Fiddler on the Roof, and it's the story of the Bible and going to the Promised Land and all those things. That story of a, of an oppressed minority succeeding, it's the ultimate antidote to intersectionality and the oppression Olympics and everything the left is offering. The left needs their oppressed groups to be oppressed. Because if you are, if you suddenly think that you're not oppressed and you start doing things on your own, you won't need all the machinery of the West, the academic machinery, the economic machinery, the political machinery and all that. And Jews are the exception to that by succeeding. So that really does explain why Jews can never be victims in all of this. So, you know, basically overnight, while while 200 people are still held hostage, babies, babies are being held hostage right now and beheadings and all of the horrific stuff. There was basically like a 
10 hour window where mainstream media was was sort of on Israel's side and then they were just waiting to figure out how do we how do we flip that and and be uh, you know on Hamas's side and I, by the way I don't say on the Palestinian side it's on Hamas's side because Hamas could end this right now it's it's incredibly bizarre we have I think 12 Americans that are held hostage and yet nobody in America uh, from our political class is saying release the hostages uh, no no ceasefire no nothing else release the hostages and then we'll talk Nobody seems to say that. So there, there's so many weird things happening. But if you understand the trends that have been going on in this country for quite some time, it isn't that surprising when the New York Times lies. New York Times lies about the hospital bombing in Gaza that did not happen. It is not surprising when uh, the LA Times writes a headline that you just described. I mean, these are the same people. Let's not forget who only a couple of years ago called Larry Elder my friend Larry Elder, the black face of white supremacy when he was running for uh, California governor. So there's, there's just no end to the to the bottomless pit that is this set of ideas. It just came to mind. I can't remember which terrorist it was or which publication it was. It was like, I think it, I want to say the Washington Post, but I'm unsure if it was that one or the New York Times because they're you know basically all the same these days. But it was the austere religious scholar. Oh, yes. When when we killed uh, the Iranian general Soleimani and he was an austere. Oh, was that Soleimani? OK. Yeah, that was Soleimani yeah. a couple of years ago uh, where he was an austere religious scholar. That was in The Washington Post. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it's that sort of thing. It's, 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 it's just an incredible flip of the truth. And then you wonder, you know, when you see, OK, so wait a minute, the media has been basically lying to us about everything for decades. The college then the colleges and the universities have been lying to everything for decades. Now it's fueled algorithmically in TikTok and everywhere else. Like it's not that surprising that we are here now. If you take a bunch of young people and you tell them that their genitals don't match their gender, and then you also tell them that they live in a, an oppressive, systemically racist state that was founded on racism, and then all of the other stuff that we just discussed, they might actually start thinking that the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys are the bad guys. And that's the challenge right now. But you would think at some point you'd be like, okay, terrorists paragliding into a concert where young people are unarmed, slaughter them, rape them next to the dead bodies of their friends, parade these women around the street. You would think throw grenades into, you know, bomb shelters where they're hiding and trying to survive. You would think that people would be like, okay, that's bad. But somehow, you know, but somehow that's not clear enough to people. I think a few people on the left who've been sympathetic to all of these bad ideas have woken up. Uh, a few, a sliver of people uh, have woken up to it. I would say the one voice on the left who's been particularly good about this has been Bill Maher, who's, who's usually good about the important things, but then unfortunately tells everybody to vote for Democrats at the end. But there, there have been a little bit of a wake up. But again, you really have to have to, I know you know this, Lisa, but the, the thing is with this ideology, it is all encompassing. So they do not have sympathy. What they would say, in essence, these people that are marching, they have no sympathy for the babies that were burned or anything else. They believe they are settlers. But if you think that the Jews are settlers in the ancient land of Israel, that the Bible was written about and all of that, if you think there's no connection between the Jews and Israel, uh, then wait till they turn their sights on America's uh, on Americans in America, because we have only been here for 250 years, and we have far less of a claim to this land. Now, we I believe we have a fully dutifully right claim to this land, and America is the most special country in in the history of humanity. But that's what this really will be about. So, believe me, if the, the things that they're doing over there, they have no doubt 
uh, plans to import over here, whether it's bus bombings or stabbings or anything else, and they will it will be done in the name of liberating the land. And that that is uh, something we're really going to have to think about. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty terrifying looking around at all these, you know, rallies uh, across the country. I mean, maybe we're already a conquered land to some degree. You know, I wanted to ask you before we go, is it about votes for, for Joe Biden? Um, you, you look at, I think it was the day after a Reuters poll came out showing that he was polling at just 17% with Arab uh, Americans. He launched a national strategy to fight Islamophobia. Um, it actually coincided right before the Hezbollah leader came out and, you know, basically waged, you know, waged war and, you know, um, praised the terrorist attacks. Uh, we know that Joe Biden got 69% of the Muslim American vote in, in 2020. You know, there's enough numbers to make a difference in a state like Michigan, where he won by only 154,000 votes. There's an estimated 242,000 Muslim adherents in the state. So, you know, for Joe Biden, is it more about, you know, getting Muslim votes than protecting Jewish lives? Well, it's certainly not about protecting Jewish lives. I mean, I, that that part is very clear. Every time they ask Corinne Jean-Pierre to condemn what's going on or, you know, say anything about these protesters or River to the Sea, she suddenly talks about Islamophobia. So it's certainly not about that. It's a little hard to know, you like, you know, when people ask about, well, what what's it really about for Joe Biden? It's almost irrelevant because nobody honestly thinks that Joe Biden is running this thing. So if you think probably, which I think most people do, that it's like the Obama machine, in essence, is running Joe Biden, then I would say, yes, they're playing a very calculating move. You know, what did, What was one of the things that Obama did that clearly has led to so much of the destruction right now? Well, he let in, I, I don't know the exact number, somebody can check me on this, uh, you know, several uh, thousand, I think it was maybe 10 or 20,000 Somalians into Minnesota. Next thing you know, Ilhan Omar becomes a congresswoman in Minnesota. She's a full-on Hamas supporter. She hates this country. And they've basically taken over Minnesota. You have the same thing happening in Dearborn, Michigan. So they play a very calculating long game. And unfortunately, Republicans just kind of respond to things as opposed to building things. Again, I would say the counter to that is what's happening here in Florida. But if we can't, if we can't export that, well, then, Lisa, I will be out on the front lines digging the ditch between or the moat between Florida and Georgia. And we'll put some gators in it. And we'll have a Coast Guard and, uh, you know, we can start our own country. Well, you know, we might have to do I'm that. bringing you a shovel, lady. We're going to get out there. <laughs> I don't like manual labor, but, you know, uh, <laughs> although if Democrats have their way, we, we might we might be uh, along with the rest of the unvaccinated. So, um, Dave Rubin, my friend, always great to talk to you. Great to have you on the show. You're a close friend. Love you, man. Appreciate you taking the time. All right. Ciao. It was Dave Rubin. Great to have him on the show. Uh, he's a good friend and always says interesting things. So appreciate him taking the time. Appreciate you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.